Episode 1, Infrastructure Week. Welcome to the Push Ahead Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we're here to talk about the election results, the infrastructure bill, and a new lobbying group masquerading as a grassroots movement. We like to start things off with the elephant in the room, uh, stuff that's in the... Appropriately named, the (laughs) elephant in the room. Yes, yes. Stuff that is in the news cycle that we are expected to acknowledge and talk about. (laughs) But we're just going to kind of talk about very quickly. Steve Bannon turned himself in. Um, How do you plead not guilty when you didn't show up? (laughs) Right. He was was, uh, indicted for contempt of Congress for Mm -hmm. not showing up, right? Right. And and turned himself in for that and saying, you got the wrong guy this time, right? Right. You're messing with the wrong guy. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, he is a dude who is very media savvy. He was responsible for driving Gamergate, which for those of you who weren't on the internet about five, six years ago, uh, there was a whole stink about um, misogynists deciding that they really cared about integrity in video games journalism. And it kind of blew up into a thing that eventually got Trump elected and Bannon was behind that. Well, I mean, he's definitely been reading the room for a long time. You know, his actually, from what I understand, his one of his primary motivations is his religious belief that the world is going to come to an end and he's here to speed it up. Mm. That's actually, that's literally one of the things that he has said before. He's one of those. Yeah. And he also plugged his podcast on the way to oh, yeah. turning himself in. Yeah, I believe that, well, while he was doing it, um, him being the kind of master of <laughs> podcasts, um, he said... Uh, You know, I want you guys to stay focused and stay on message. Remember, signal, not noise. This is all noise, that signal. So that's him pretty much saying he's going to do his best to discredit the courts as as much as he can. I I expect that, what is it, the Chicago 7 type trial where they turned the whole court proceedings into a media circus and yeah, court of public opinion. Champions of misdirection. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and even if he does get locked up, he's not going away. He's he's going to have a platform. He's preparing himself to be a martyr. But so we can't have him locked up for 18 months. Nothing to see here. Nope. <laughs> oh, that stinks. Yeah. He looked at his most presentable that I've seen him today in years. He always looks like he's like a meat puppet powered by a <laughs> sentient gin bottle. I like that description. A meat puppet what? Powered by what? A sentient gin bottle. Uh, Okay. Have you seen like like Men in Black? Yes. You know, like the giant cockroach put on the skin suit. Like he looks like that, except instead of a cockroach, it's a gin bottle. And that he just got out of bed all the time. Doesn't matter what time of day. Yes, yes, yes. Steve Bannon once woke up in the morning and went to brush something off his cheek and it was a sidewalk. (laughs) But I'm Ching. Yep. We'll be here all week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Try the lasagna. Yep, yep. And moving on to speaking of martyrs, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh my gosh. As we are recording this, this is a case that is still going on. Uh, the jury, day two? Yeah. Day the two of deliberations. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know how it's going to turn out. They're calling in for the National Guard based on the reactions. Good on them. If the National Guard had been in there in the first place, you know, Kyle probably wouldn't have gone on his rampage. You think. And, uh-huh. you know, I think it's totally normal to grab a gun, go across state lines to protect somebody else's property. And not because you want to kill anybody. No. I thought he said he was going to be a medic. Yeah. He <laughs> wanted to uh, cosplay as a medic. 
right. which medics <laughs> are... Uh, They're world- known for carrying weapons. Yeah. They are. They are world-renowned for uh, their healing bullets. Especially <laughs> an AR-15. Yeah. Yes. I'm glad they're calling in the National Guard because regardless whether he's yeah. it's just exonerated or not, it's going to be... People on both ugly. sides are gearing up for a fight. It's going to be ugly. And the court case itself, I mean, to say it could have been better run was an understatement. Well, I mean, yeah, the guy, the uh, the prosecution witness actually said, well, yeah, I did pull a gun on him. So, you know, it, yeah. it, there's that reasonable doubt right there. Right there. Self-defense. Absolutely self-defense. But reasonable doubt doesn't mean um, possible, or they don't have to prove it beyond any possible doubt. Right. They just have to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. And, and I don't think there's anybody in the country, including his big fan base, that doesn't think that there is no reasonable doubt that this was an intent to shoot. Well, this was basically how everyone gets off. Casey Anthony, George Zimmerman, all by putting in that little smidge of doubt. Yes. Yes. And the way that the prosecution has opened themselves up to a mistrial or you know, a, a court of appeals. It, it is it is one of the sloppiest court cases that we've seen in a while. Yeah. Well, and the judge, like, I, mm. I swear he's a big brother, little brother to this guy. It's, oh, yeah. it's... Get you someone who loves you as much as George yeah. Schrodinger loves Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> and you'll be set for life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, I don't know, just all around bad. But... We're not going to talk about that anymore. Well, but I will say, I think you summed it up really well in our notes here. You said overall, there is no happy ending here. No. There's none no. at all for anybody. And for anybody. You can't bring anybody back. And this kid's life is over regardless. Unless he becomes the new GOP darling. Which, yeah, he already is. So, yeah. yeah. If he's off, I guarantee you in 2024, he'll be at the convention speaking. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I it, mean, even if he's not off, they'll find a way to do it from prison. It's, he it's, could, yeah. It's only a matter of time before they put him up you know, to run for Congress. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they've never met a criminal they don't love. <laughs> nope. Oh, yay, election coverage. So right now, what was about a week, week and a half ago that we had the 2021 elections where we had Virginia and New Jersey picking their governors. And it feels like a week. It was two and a half weeks ago. Oh, wow. I know. I, I know wow. this because we had a local election at yeah. the same time, but go on. <laughs> Sorry. So the media made this big deal about how Virginia went GOP and they made the whole huge deal. Oh, this is a bad this is a bad move. This is going to be a warning for the Democrats. But this is Virginia being Virginia. Yeah, they always do this. Yes. Yes. Virginia is weird. There's a um, having lived in in North Virginia for a year. There's a weird side effect of, of being so close to D.C., because your evening news cycle is the federal news cycle. So whatever Congress is doing, it's, it's happening literally in your backyard. Yeah. So you're getting the, the local news reports on that. So they are really tuned in and they're absolutely sick of it. I don't know, though. I really do think this was a unique and, and maybe I, you know, because it's colored by what we're experiencing here in, in our county, which we're going to talk about later. But I really do think that the GOP got really smart about Tug, plugging into suburban mom's fears. Yes. Um, and we'll, we'll, again, we'll talk about that a yeah. little bit later. And I, and I, I don't think we need to be freaked out as Democrats, but I do think we need to be very aware that there's a proverb that says a three strand rope is not easily cut or not easily torn. And I kind of view our democracy as three strands. Um, there's the free and safe election, the free media and public schools. Mm-hmm. And the GOP has very carefully gone after the first two already. And now they're going after the third. 
And honestly, I don't even care if they think, I don't think they even care if they win the elections as much as doing damage to those institutions. And they, they did manage to do that through that election. They did. Yeah. And then we had New Jersey where, lo and behold, we had the Democrat win. And yeah. that was actually a big thing because we haven't had a Democrat win back-to-back elections in New Jersey in forever. Years. Years. It was a much bigger thing, I think, than, than Virginia. Right. Swapping, and it right? was, but they made it so so a non-deal. It's like, oh, he he only won by two and a half percent. Well, normally the Republican gets in if you've got a Democratic president. Right. Yeah. Uh, New Jersey generally sends Repub- or sends Democrats to you know the federal level and keeps Republicans at home. You know, Chris Christie came like out. What's that? Vermont. But oh. Yeah, Vermont. This is just the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, New Jersey going, Repu- you know, Republican is kind of the status quo. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, you know, I grew up and we had the first female governor of New Jersey, uh, Christy Whitman. And everyone that I knew just absolutely hated her because she rode a bicycle that one time. What? I know. It is the weirdest thing. Um, Did she do it in a tan suit? Uh, I, I, <laughs> maybe. I was like eight at the time. Was she flipping off anybody? No. No. Maybe if she had. Maybe yeah, maybe. Had. <laughs> but yeah. So the, I, you know, I think that overall the Virginia and the New Jersey races are interesting. But, you know, I think that people were expecting the blue wave of 2020 to kind of continue and instead, it kind of fizzled out in a way that people were disappointed that it had. So it's absolutely, you know, essential to keep up the fight. We haven't won forever. Right. And I, I remember talking about that the whole leading into the presidential election. I was like, you know, defeating Donald Trump is just part of the problem. We, it's, and that doesn't, doesn't keep our democracy safe forever, like you said. Jamie, I do think that in both these cases that we weren't running against Donald Trump. And that's really what we've gotten really good at is running against Donald yes. Trump. And we have to remember what we're running for and make sure the voters know what we're running for. And I'm not sure that happened, at least in Virginia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that the Republicans and the Democrats are really used to being the opposition party because it's really easy to say, I'm not that guy. It's well, not my especially fault. when you're talking about Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. like, yeah. But there were some smaller things that happened that were big. We had the first female mayor of Asian descent in Boston. True. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Shelby. Great. Mm-hmm. And then also in Georgia, they said that they flipped 21 seats in wow. local I, elections. I that. Yeah. In local elections, they flipped 21 Republican held seats. Awesome. Like mm-hmm. municipal seats or? Yes. Ah, muni- yay. yay yep, municipal school board. They flipped. Which that leads us into 2021 was more of like a city, municipal, state level races. And that's what 2022 is going to be for us in Florida. So not only do we have governor, we have all of the state and local races. Yeah, we will have here. Yeah, we're in Brevard County. Okay, we will have elections in every single municipality, every special district and two county commission seats and two school board seats. So we'll have elections everywhere in our county. Right. 2022. Yeah. And of course, our governors and Senate and state house. Yeah. Yes. And and it's vitally important to pay attention to your local elections because the stuff that your local politicians do can affect you next week. They can affect your next tax bill. They can affect what your kids are learning in school next Monday. They can affect whatever is going on that directly touches your day-to-day life in a way that the federal moves. It's so big and yeah. it moves so slowly yes. that- Whatever happens at the federal level might not land for three or four years, 
but you know you can start seeing changes and and start feeling effects of local elections that happen in November. They can start landing by Christmas time. Well, also, I mean, you are absolutely right. But it's in between local and federal, there's state. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to confess, I didn't know the value of state elections until I I did the, what I'm currently doing for the party. But you know, people that tell me I don't like politics. Like that's how we end up with the laws that we have in Texas, right? Yeah. Where, yeah. The, where you've got bounty hunters, you know, reporting their neighbors for thinking about having an abortion. And I know I'm exaggerating, but right. uh, that's how you end up with those kinds mm-hmm. of laws because people that I don't like politics and they show up and they go, well, you know, looking around, my, my life isn't that bad. I can vote for the same guy. That guy that's down the street serving on my, st- I don't even know what state, reg- state representatives do. So they just sign mm-hmm. off on those people. And those people are writing the laws that affect us here in Florida more than anything. They're the ones that are currently, Democrats have almost 50, well, actually have 50% of the registered voters in the state and about 30% of the representation on the state level. Thank you, gerrymandering. Right. And the, Well, and that's because we didn't send people 10 years ago oh, yeah. to our state house because we don't, I didn't understand the value of that. So everything you're saying on local, but that step in between yes. is super Ger- important. Gerrymandering, also. yeah, gerrymandering is happening this year. Well, um, also with gerrymandering, the lovely thing that I worked on in college for Florida was we are supposed to have a nonpartisan gerrymandering, but they put that the state house gets to sign off on it. We still have gerrymandering. I mean, it's just not possible to do. I mean, that. we even sued. We're, we're going to sue. Yeah. yeah. League of Women Voters sued and won and they didn't change the, yeah. the maps at all. But regardless, like we can say that forever. We're not going to be able to affect that. But what we can do is understand the importance of the results of that, yes. which are those people write the laws that affect a woman's right to choose. Yep. They're currently in our state house right now um, trying to separate Florida from OSHA requirements. Mm. So, I mean, why don't we just secede and call it a day? Uh, we already fought a civil war about I this. I know, right? No, it didn't they, turn out I mean, so well last that's time. That's literally what they're trying to do. They call it anti-vaccine mandates, but they are literally trying to release all businesses in Florida from OSHA requirements. So much for uh, for the working family and being safe and healthy at work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and just just as a reminder, it's like there's a lot of messaging out there that, you know, oh, your vote doesn't matter. You know, both sides are the same. It doesn't matter who you vote for um, because the same corrupt people are going to yeah. end up. But, you know, it's like if uh, if your vote really was that powerless, why are they fighting so hard to take it away? Right, from to you? make it hard for you to do. Yes. Exactly, Jamie. Yes. So. Yeah. The upcoming election is is happening. It's a year out. There's still plenty of time to do lots of good. Um, you don't just have to knock on doors or, you know, phone bank. There are tons of other ways that you can influence the election and do more than just vote. I'm going to tell you, nothing is more important than knocking doors. But oh. you are absolutely right. We'll find a place for every single person who would like to be a part of keeping that pushing forward and pushing ahead. You know, there is something for everybody to do. Yep. So uh, you we know. actually have an election in March too. We have oh. an election in Palm Bay, a special election in Palm Bay. Special election coming up in March. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, uh, reach out if you're interested. And reach out if you're not interested. Just reach out. <laughs> yeah. Let, let us know you're <laughs> out there. Let's keep pushing ahead. If you're in, if you're interested in wanting to know what you can do on a campaign, it's very enlightening. Mm-hmm. And this is a, this special election in Palm Bay is a great way to get your toes wet because it's right. not a huge commitment. No. This is a great way to date us without marrying us, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a cheap date. (laughs) So for the next item, uh, the infrastructure bill, 
Finally. I uh, think I've been hearing that forever. It's infrastructure We've been having week. infrastructure week for like five years. Yeah. Wait till yeah. first day infrastructure week. Yeah, it is. It, we are on week, I don't know, 230 yeah. of yeah. <laughs> almost infrastructure week. And it landed this week. Yay! Finally. So as an ex-Republican, if you would have asked me the role of government, even 20 years ago, back when I was in high school, learning about the role of government and still weirdly an ardent conservative in high school, which just was not a good look for me. That was my awkward phase. <laughs> um, it, you know, if you would ask me what the role of the government was, it should be to pass laws like this, you know, public railway infrastructure, bridges, making, making roads like this broadband accessible, to, broadband accessible. through COVID, how important that is. It is, yeah. it is huge, absolutely huge. And this is the job of the government that they have been shirking since I don't know how long. You know, this bill is so overdue. It is so long, so, you know, so, so needed. I mean, bridges are collapsing across mm -hmm. this country. We actually know of one in Stewart. It's a huge bridge that connects Jensen Beach to Stewart, and it's been structurally unsound, and they've had to They've had to close it and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was built, I want to say, 20 years ago. Right. And so they just don't have the funds to keep our roads from falling down. And this is the role, the role of the government. This is why they collect taxes. They draw taxes from people and they give them back to the people in terms of infrastructure. Like, you know, re little Republican Jamie would have said, this is what taxes are for. You know? This is what Eisenhower did. Yeah. You know, my thought is that you know, there's there's a sentiment going around on the Internet that if our taxes actually went back to the American people instead of getting tax cuts to the wealthy and all this, you know, uh, you know, letting Jeff Bezos fly into space. Jeff Bezos is there because of infrastructure like broadband and shipping and roads and rail that this bill pays for. So it's he claims to be a self-made man. He's a job creator. He's all these things. But without the government-provided infrastructure, he would just be another bald dude. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yes. yes. They said that this is FDR level mm -hmm. with is, infrastructure. This so is, this is the first big investment they said, I think, since Eisenhower. Yes. Well, and I know that not everybody's pleased. I, you know, that's, and actually, I think that's governance as well. That's, governance isn't doing something that everybody's going to be pleased with. Governance is finding a way that enough Mm -hmm. of the subsets can benefit. I basically think of compromise if you both feel screwed and you <laughs> did you a good job. Won. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that uh, I, and it has enough of, I know that it was a big priority for Joe Biden to everything comes through the lens of um, climate. And I know that it does not enough, I'm sure, but at least to start, at least that's in there and it's a focus and it's a, it's a conversation consistently in everything we do. I'm, I'm thrilled. Yes, yes. And, you know, I do think it's going to be very interesting to see how Republican congressmen like our very own Bill Posey take all the full credit for all the oh. all the infrastructure that they bring to our county while they put it against the bill. It is. Yes. It, I mean, it is almost a pastime at this point watching GOP representatives vote no on stuff that benefits everybody and then take credit yep. for it as if, oh, yeah, I was there. I voted yes. No, it's already been done. Someone tried it today. Yes. Well, I'm quite certain Bill Posey will. I mean, mm -hmm. even though he was the first person to vote against certifying the election results and he was uh, in, in gloriously pronouncing 
veiled comments about Joe Biden from the congressional floor. I'm quite certain right. he will go tell all of his business contacts here in Brevard County all that is going to be coming. Money is coming to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the little brother of the Build Back Better plan, the Triple B plan that the Republicans, the GOP media messaging machine has been branding as the three point five trillion dollar bill. Please don't refer to it that way. It's not a $3.5 trillion bill. It's not. That's its 10-year budget. It would be equivalent to saying that the uh, military is a $7.8 trillion expenditure because that's the 10-year budget. So the branding out there surrounding the Build Back Better plan is that they are stretching the truth. They are reprogramming people. So every time it's referred to as the $3.5 trillion plan, that's... Republican messaging at play. It'd be like if you get a job and you're making $30,000 a year, $40,000 a year. And when they hire you, they tell you, we're giving you a $400,000 a year job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll be making almost six figures because five is almost six, right? Yeah, that's right. But in actuality, it is far less than we spend every year in the military. Mm-hmm. By half. By half. It is a bill that is much needed. I am personally wanting it because I need my... 18-month-old to go to preschool at three. <laughs> right. I really do. Yeah. And and so the 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 problem is that the 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 centrists and the GOP is gonna say, we passed this bill, everyone loves this bill. It's enough. Let's go home. We've done enough. The next bill is too expensive because it's only 50% of our bill, military budget on an annual basis. Plus, <laughs> it actually helps people and we can't stand helping people. We can't stand uh giving people freedoms. We hate giving single moms the freedom to You're go. You're talking about this is the GOP message. Yeah, right? the yeah, GOP right. message, you know, when you translate it and you pass it through the lens of reality, the GOP says, we hate giving single mothers the ability to go earn a living wage. We hate giving people the freedom to choose a green energy that doesn't cloud our skies with smog and smoke and CO2. Yes, um, on my radio station, every half hour, it's this, paid for by the business bureau and they're like this is going to stop our job creation and blah 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 it's like no it's actually gonna it's gonna help i if they obviously didn't read the same history books well we know they didn't read the same history books i did Uh, you know if you look at the new deal which is the only thing that brought us out of the depression and that was job creation through the original infrastructure week Right. I mean, the Romans knew this, right? They built aqueducts all throughout Europe, not just because they needed to get water from point A to point B, but because that gave jobs to their local people that they had just conquered, which made them love them. Mm -hmm. You're in a a recession, you're in a depression, get people to work, get people digging, get people paving. Plus, I mean, I I pay taxes. I, I would really love to pay taxes that actually come back to my neighborhood, that come back to my state in a way that isn't hoarded by billionaires. Right, that you can actually see. Yes, yes. You know, it's like if if these came back and I actually saw programs that benefited my neighbors, the people around me, that would be huge. And that would also be absolutely terrible for the optics of the GOP machine, which wants to convince everyone that the government doesn't work, the government can't work. You vote them into office, they cut taxes, right. they starve the beast, they cut the social programs. And then surprise, surprise, under the GOP, government stops working and they're like, ha see, government can't work. Yeah. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then we have to fix all their mistakes. Yes. yes, we spend all this time fixing their mistakes and then get getting yelled at for it because all of the money that they weren't spending on fixing our roads, fixing our bridges, 
they got to invest in, you know, their media conglomerates. They got to push out commercials. They got to buy and build Fox News. I've never really understood why people think that trickle-down economics would ever actually work. It's like the people, they take the idea of human greed out of the equation completely. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, if you give me, well, first of all, Mitch McConnell has determined that corporations are people, right? If you give a corporation money, you can either spend this helping people, or you can take it to another country where you can pay five people to do what you're paying one person to do. Which would you choose? I mean, it's just a reality. Yeah. Trickle down started as a joke. It and was, Reagan was such a great orator. Well, right. and even George Bush said it was voodoo. Right. <laughs> yeah. voodoo, voodoo economics. But trickle down economics was first coined by Will Rogers when he was talking uh, comedically. Huh, didn't know that, but it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. He would be really enjoying this climate we're living in today. Oh, man. So I'm looking forward to infrastructure. Yes. And in every single way, building infrastructure for a better democracy as well as. There are several potholes that I really want fixed in this town. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And with uh, Moms Ooh. for Liberty. Oh, my favorite topic Moms for Liberty. So, our teaser at the beginning, Jamie, you talked about we were going to talk about a lobbying group masquerading as a grassroots movement. Mm-hmm. And it's actually been a concerted effort by said GOP to reach into schools because they know that when you talk about kids, people pay attention. We learned that locally with the school board election last year where uh, a very, very conservative district where the Republicans outregistered the Democrats by a lot. Um, And there was a a fairly popular Republican incumbent who really made sure everybody knew that her opponent was a Democrat. She sent a robocall out saying, if you want to keep socialism out of public schools, vote for me. And uh, she lost that election to that that Democrat by almost 10 points. Hmm. So um, we know that, and that's because it was the pandemic was, it had started after the race started um, and the Democratic campaign immediately pivoted and talked about the fact that her opponent didn't want to have any mitigation strategies whatsoever in schools. And and turns out Republicans send their kids to school too. Well, the Republicans don't like that. And that person actually that lost that election really didn't like losing that election. So- she, I think, had an idea of something to do, but I know she's being funded by local state representatives, yes. and it's actually a concerted effort happening across the country. Moms of Liberty is just one of the examples of, of these groups, these, these fringe groups. And I'm going to tell you, I, I don't think the members are bad people. Right. I think the members are angry about a lot of things. And, it, and if you look back in 2016, when Hillary Clinton defined the two parties and she unfortunately used a very unfortunate word. She said, there's two people that support Donald Trump. You're either um, what she liked, what she described as misogynists and homophobes. And as she said, the deplorables, mm-hmm. but then the majority, as she said, are just really angry people that feel like their government has let them down. Well, the Republicans knew to run with that mm-hmm. and ig- ignore the fact that they're acknowledging you're angry and just look at the, she called you a name Yeah, yes. and they're doing it again. They know that they can take that anger and channel it. And I don't even have the members. I'm going to tell you, this group is masquerading as a parental group rights group. And I am a product of Florida schools. I raised Me two too. kids here in Brevard County who went to Florida public schools from kindergarten through first, their first degrees. Um, they both went to Florida State mm-hmm. Universities. Um, one was actually the Florida State University. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. And <laughs> we've all got that in common. And I never didn't have access to anything. I could have called, I could have 
camped out in my kids' tea classroom. The teacher would have been so happy to give me work to do. Yes. I've always had access to curriculum decisions. I've always had access to the school board. And that is still the case. When I listen to these groups, the members who I I just really feel like their their anger is being misdirected. When I hear them, the things that they're asking for, they already have. Right. Uh, but they just won't hear that in response. Um, it started out as an anti-masking conversation because they thought that they should have the authority to tell their kids whether they can or can't wear masks. Of course, they don't get to tell their kids whether they can or can't wear shoes. I don't understand why this is a thing, um, but right. they really thought that that was their right. And then it's morphed into um, an anti-LGBT issue right. and an anti-equity and diversity conversation. And really, I don't even think those are the cases. I really believe they know it's that third strand in mm-hmm. that three strand oh, yeah. rope. Mm-hmm. And if they can get into our schools, well, it's also, I try not to see conspiracies everywhere I look, but in Florida, a lot of our prisons are for profit, mm-hmm. which is like, I think it's a bad idea. Very. You know, because your incentive then is to keep beds and prisons full, yes, um, overfilled, it's, and feed them the lowest quality foods you can. And yep. it's the only way. You know, it's the only constitutionally legalized slavery right. left in this country. And it and with being for profit means the financial incentive is there to not take care of these people and make sure we've got enough criminals feeding the machine. Well, they want to do that with schools too. They want to unfund our public schools so they can privatize our public schools. Honestly, they could then feed them right into that that school to prison pipeline. Yes. There were there were cases, not in Florida, but in other states where the prison system said, hey, you're not sending us enough convicts, and that's right. a breach of contract, and they actually took them to court over it. <laughs> we don't have enough bad people. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, looking here, it, people keep saying this is the new Tea Party. Uh, this is much more dangerous than the yes. Tea Party because the Tea Party didn't have one issue they could focus on. Right. And these people know they can just go after our school boards. Here in Brevard County, we have two school board seats, three school board seats up next year, and they've already got Moms Liberty already has a a planted candidate in at least one of those races, and they are actively recruiting in others. They also like to paint themselves as bipartisan, which Mm. I think is hysterical. Very. Because a local school board member was a guest speaker at their event, and he said, I'm going to do everything in my power to help you get elected conservative school board members. It is. It's Orwellian how they are trying to co-op. You know, liberty, freedom, parental rights. Uh, they are pro-forced birth, anti-abortion, but they are also pro-parental rights. Well, and super authoritarian. Yes. yes. Pro-parental rights, but they want to be able to tell the schools everything they have to do. And I get taken to task constantly because people th- say that I call them terrorists. No, I only call the terrorists in the organizations yep. terrorists. Right. You don't want to be called a terrorist? Don't act like one. And I don't know their membership because they're secret, but... When you are going to school board meetings and you are saying you will do what we say or we will send physical threats your way, yes, we will hold your school board meetings hostage, yes, we will um, hold your salaries hostage. I don't know, but that sounds like terrorism to me. It does a little bit, yes. Yeah. And they also, I know the one one of the school board meetings I went to, they put out an all call and we had people there that had no kids, did not live in Brevard County. Oh, yeah. Had nothing to do with it. Two of them were arrested. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> One was from Brevard County, yeah, though. Yeah. The, the conservatives have been looking for a way to get conservative values taught in school systems nationwide for the past decade or so. And it looks like that this is the latest movement that they have. And it's masquerading as a grassroots effort. 
But, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we used to call these astroturfing efforts because if you look close enough, you can see that it's it's definitely fake. It's definitely manufactured. Yeah. Yes, it's green. Yes, it's soft. And you can play sports on it, but it's not real. It's not and authentic. And if you fall on it, it's going to skin your knee really yes. bad. <laughs> and, and it's also really expensive. You know, I think also you, you hit it right on the head when you said they're not only passing themselves off as a grassroots movement, but... Um, the GOP also knew that if they could really get people inflamed because suburban voters left the GOP, if you'll mm. remember in 2020, yes. because they were appalled by, well, and that was even before the insurrection attempt, but they were appalled by what they were seeing from our White House. Well, those people are now being told, your children are, are threatened. And so they're running out and turning back. They had to find some way to get those those voters back right. or they knew they could never win again. Uh, I, it's it's a hard job, but I know we can do it. I know we can just continue to calmly and rationally have conversations. When I offer to meet with these people, they invariably say no. Right. When I offer to just sit down, come meet me before you can know who I am before you keep slandering me. They're like, oh, no. no. We, we, we like having you as a boogeyman. Yeah. We, we like you, you know, we like to hold a, a, you know, a straw man up so that way we can burn you in absentia. <laughs> I just want to ask them what they think schools will look like if they achieve their goals of unfunding public schools. What would that look like? And I guarantee you the members don't know. It will be a sheep factory. Yeah. You they, keep them uneducated and you keep them pl- compliant. Well, you have to be careful because there are people who believe that we are teaching the wrong stuff in schools. Right. So you just said they've been trying to get conservative values taught in schools mm-hmm. and they're doing it under guise of saying we've been teaching liberal theories in schools. I don't know. I grew up in Florida. I never got a liberal thing. No. In, you know what else? You know how old I was when I learned about Tulsa burning? I was one year ago old. <laughs> oh, on the, uh, what, what was Bla- that, The that Black Wall Street. And um, it was so, The Watchmen. It, yeah, The Watchmen series, where they, that was a major plot point. And people came out and they said, wait, this actually this happened? This actually happened. Well, no. And, Planes and, dropping incendiary yes. bombs on yes. an entire community. And I never learned that. Did y'all learn that? I Did found you know out that, in 2016. Here in Melbourne, that the latest lynching was 1937. Yep. And the street right up here, it's called, but until 1980, it was called Lynching Tree Lane. Man. That's my lifetime. Right. Yeah. Can you even imagine? Like, that's true. And that wasn't taught. It's never taught. No. I don't think it's, I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, well, sometimes in Jackson, Mississippi, and some in Florida. And, and I heard enough to know that people that looked like me did a lot of really bad things to right. people that didn't look like me. That didn't make me ashamed. That just made me a cognizant and aware. Right. And I just don't think we have anything to be afraid of. I I mean, you and I don't have anything to be afraid of, but I think that there are people who who look like me um, and that people who, who are white and are mildly affluent have a long history of doing very ugly and monstrous things and yes. believing very ugly and monstrous things and standing by when ugly and monstrous things happen. And I think that their fear is that if their kids are taught reality in schools, they're taught real history, that one day their kids might go, hey, why did you say this thing about these people? Why did you do these things? Why do you believe these things? And, and so people are barely staving off kind of that, that self-awareness that, you know, if they are self-aware, maybe they're, they believe that they're a little bit monstrous, but they, they couldn't stand. It would destroy them. To see that in their kids' eyes. Yeah, but also, even the people that don't think that, because there are a number of people that, right? but they're 
their messaging again that they're hearing is that their children will be taught to hate white people. Mm. That's what we keep hearing consistently yes. and over and over and over again. And uh, I, I don't know. I think I have more faith in our children than they do. Yes. Right. I think our children can hear the truth. I mean, Germans raised three generations since World War II, and they don't hate one another no. um, in spite of what they've learned that, that their country did to six million people. So I think it's okay to learn. I think we have to learn the truth of our country. I love my country. I love this country. I, I would die for this country mm-hmm. in part because of all the different sins and saints that make it up. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm a vet. I signed up. I signed up for it. If, if, you know, if the commander in chief at the time had gone, Hey Jamie, you need to go die for your country. It's like, well, that's what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I am, I consider myself a patriot because I, I love this country and I think, yes, it could be better. You know, that's why we're here. Yeah, I love the concept when people yell at me, love it or leave it. I'm like, no, I no. love it. That's why I'm here to change it. Yes. Right. I love this country so much that I know it can do better. Right. And I want to see it do better. You know, it's it's like people, you know, you you take a, a lump of, of raw chicken and you take some some Parmesan cheese and you take some flour and you take some oil and you take some spices okay, and I'm you put it now. on the table. And then people go, hey, you love chicken Parmesan. Love it or leave it. It's like it's raw. It needs work. We need to we need to make it better. I mean, and the- even if we didn't need to, isn't it great that we get to? Yes. And I that's love the- that we get to be a part of this growth. And that's the whole point of the Constitution is it's supposed to be this ever evolving thing where democracy should go with the times and we should go forward. Yes. I love that. Great way to bring that back, Shelby. We keep pushing forward. We're not pushing yeah. back. No, we, we have to push ahead. forward. We have to. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco. 